Oh, man. Uh, hello. Welcome to Love, Lexi. My name is Alexi Wasser. I'm your host, and we are all so fucking lucky today because my guest is author Neil Strauss. Neil Strauss is best known for writing a book called The Game, which is all about being a pickup artist and gives you tons of tips and tricks on how to essentially manipulate women into wanting to sleep with you. Um, I bought this book a long time ago. I thought it was hilarious and funny, and I thought, well, maybe it'll give me some insight into the male psyche. Um, I even decided to turn the tables on society and uh, you know, take my power back and try to game men using all the tips I learned from the book, using all those tactics, uh, like negging, where you, where you say something negative uh, and prey upon when you're flirting with somebody and you prey upon their insecurities. But that's not my style, and it's the future, and I don't do that anymore. And if a guy tries to neg me or tries to game me, it doesn't work. That shit does not fly with me. Um, my point is here, I think, that because Neil is so successful from that book, The Game, I think there is kind of a stigma attached to him. That's what I've noticed. Whenever I talk about him to my friends or whenever I've heard other intros on other podcasts introducing Neil, people go into meeting him thinking he's going to be a manipulative gamer. And I met him three years ago for the first time in my life. I was a guest on his radio show at the time called The Inner Circle. And I had a blast, just want to let you know. Um, and But I was defensive and I was... Um, you know, a little bit unsure of who I'd be meeting because I thought, what's he going to do? Is he trying to game me? And when he wasn't trying to game me, I was like, hey, wait, what's wrong with me? But uh, I, I met him and he he's not that. He's lovely and funny and smart. And, you know, I already have a lot of respect for him because he's so talented and very prolific and interesting. Um, I think he did make fun of me, though, during the, this podcast you're going to hear at some point after I stop rambling he made fun of me because uh, I hula hooped at his house years ago after one of his radio show tapings. But then I thought, uh, why do you have a hula hoop in his house if he didn't want somebody to use it? He should be excited that I hula hooped. Anyway, um, let me get back to the point. Neil has come out with a new book that is so special and so important to me, and I'll tell you why. And this book is called The Truth, an uncomfortable book about relationships. And this book is, to me, the undoing of everything that the game is. In Neil's new, latest book, he, he explores who he is, why he is the way he is. He gets caught cheating. He goes to sex rehab. He faces his relationship with his mother. There's a deep, dark secret in his family history that comes to light. Um, he breaks up with his girlfriend. He lives on a sex cult commune thing. He goes to orgies. He tries polyamory. Uh, he ends up getting back together with his girlfriend. Just It's all over the place. He goes on a search to figure out who he is, why he is the way he is, and then finds what works for him. And the journey is so exciting and interesting and heartbreaking and funny. And even if you can't relate to it, You'll be entertained by it. And for me, it's really cathartic and special that all of this is happening this week. Me reading his book, me speaking to Neil on this podcast, and uh, my dad, who I don't talk to, 
came back into my life after two years this week because uh, he's an old dad. He's 30 years older than my mom. He's, I've always had this fear as a little kid, like, oh, my God, I've got an old dad. He's going to die. Ah, he's never going to die. He's so filled with, like, rage. It's going to keep him going forever, which is, like, a fact because my therapist said that, so I believe it. Um, but he came back into my life because he had to get open-heart surgery, and he needed my help. And I'm an only child, and, you know, so, of course, I'm going to help him. But that was exhausting and intense and brought up a lot of stuff for me. So it was really cool to have Neil's book and be reading about his fucked up relationship with his mom uh, because there's a term called enmeshed, which is a term I learned in Neil's book uh, that explains a fucked up dysfunctional relationship to have with a parent where basically you're like consumed by the parent, where essentially you're dating your parent, they're overwhelming, they're making the kid... Uh, they're using the kid to kind of facilitate their needs and, and then the, the narcissist parent is making it all about them. So um, that was interesting. I felt less alone. I felt understood by Neil. I felt like I could use his book to, to uh, understand myself better. Even though I've been spending thousands of dollars on therapy for many years, it took Neil's book to help me understand me. Um, and uh, hey, I got asked out by a 62-year-old. I actually went on the date with him. You know, everything's just coming full circle. It's all weird. It's all happening. I'm sure there's a reason for all of it. Uh, Long story longer. I'm going to shut the fuck up. I want you to listen to my conversation with Neil. I hope you enjoy it. If you like the show, subscribe on iTunes. If you want to be super duper close and hang out online, let's be friends on Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat at Alexi Wasser. And uh, enjoy my conversation with Neil Strauss. Now entering Nerdist.com. Mm-hmm. Aw, thank you for doing this. Hey, what's happening? Hi. I worked out. So I'm good to see you. Good. 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 How cute you are. Oh, this is great. Great to uh, see you. This is my cool 23-year-old producer, Aristotle. Hey, cool 23-year-old producer, Aristotle. This is Neil Strauss. Big deal. We're not fucking around here. <laughs> He's right, up there. Right. Good. I got to be in your space this, this time. This is great. I know. We're recording? Okay, oh, man. Gosh. I want to look around the comic store, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I just got my, like... When my parents sent me my childhood comics, and I found like some like super valuable ones. I saved them as a kid, yeah. like yeah. like Wolverine number one, man. I got to like I looked it up. I'm like, oh, it's worth forty five hundred dollars. Oh, really? Like I saved this comic as a kid. Yeah. Oh my god, this can be for your. Uh, wait, do you have a boy or a girl? No. Uh, a boy. A boy named Ten. Ten, yeah. T e n n. Right? Yeah. Uh huh. All right. Oh, short for Tennessee. Uh yeah, like Tennessee or Tennessee. Yeah. Are we getting this gold? This gold, guys. We are getting this gold. Okay, are all of our smartphone devices off? Uh, possibly. Are we Maybe feeling so. cool? Oh, God, let's just settle into this. Let's get grounded in our truth. <laughs> let's not pray, but, like, kind of pray. <laughs> oh, it's, good, it's good to see you in your little uh, digs here. It's, I'm so excited. I know. This is, like, legit. It hasn't debuted yet. You're my third guest. Oh, good. Who are your first two? Uh, Ileana Douglas is my first guest. Okay. Uh, have you heard of her? No. No? Well, maybe she hasn't heard of you either. So it's <laughs> even. No, uh, it's not a competition. But um, are you getting us clearly? <laughs> All right. I'm sweating profusely. Having and so, a panic attack. And so uh, she's a... Uh, she's an actress. She okay. was uh, in, like, To Die For hmm. and... All these movies. Like she, that Nicole Kidman movie by Gus Van Sant? Yes. Okay, yeah, it's a great movie. She's like the other person you didn't notice in the <laughs> oh, thing, it. but totally okay. cool, and she looks like me, and that's why she was on the show. Right. No, she's uh, she's in lots of stuff, like Ghost World. She was married to Martin Scorsese. Oh, Ghost or, World. Great. Ghost World. She was married to, or dated Martin Scorsese for like 10 years. Yeah, you know, like the in people say Martin Scorsese, not Scorsese, then you know someone really knows their stuff. The thing is, we know she dated him for 10 years, right. and I thought I would get to the bottom of learning how to pronounce his name, right. but even she would go back and forth between oh, really? pronunciation, and I was like, oh my God, the only reason you're here is so I can learn this one like factoid. Right. Um, 
All right. So I have. And who was your second guest? My second guest was uh, was this girl named Carly Shortino, who has a okay. blog called Slut Ever. Have you heard of this? No. What? This is right up your alley. This is like in both of our wheelhouses. Okay, slut ever. Yeah, whatever. She's like a modern Carrie Bradshaw. <laughs> what, who cares? Barf. You know what, I anyway, think, I, think, I think I think it's even too late now to even say I'm a modern Carrie Brad. Like even the and reference no, it's vintage. Being, we talked about that. Too. Yeah, okay. we talked about that. Okay, good. I yeah, wish you covered that. It's vintage to talk about a. I don't know. Sex yeah. and the City is vintage. Um, but you're my first male guest. Great. This is a big deal. Great. And yes, so, all right, let's set the stage. By the way, who are you wearing so people can get a visual of your, uh, or what are you wearing? What is Neil wearing here? Um, I'm wearing like some, uh, some like uh, black jeans that like. Me too. If you look at them really close though, you'll see like. uh, Texture? uh, Dirt. Dirt. All right. Cool. Um, (laughs) And and, uh, like a denim shirt. Denim shirt. Denim, like tight-ish. Oh showing off God. my my, oh, my my my, my uh, whatever I have to show off. Uh, this is not much. What, what I think it's a lot. You surf. Yes, I do surf. Yeah, you talk about that in the book. You yeah. surf with Rick Rubin. Uh, he paddleboards. I surf. Yeah. Well, okay. Yes. Jesus, I'm going to tell him you said that. And I don't even know him. No, no, I'm it's, a find him. It's, a, it's a fact. I'm trying to get him to surf. There's, oh man, there's something about surfing where you you really you lose, you let go of control to the wave. So okay, one has to be willing to let go of control. And you're letting go of control. Yes, but you're surfing. Before you went on this whole journey that we're going to talk about in a minute. Yes. All right. Um, holy shit. Well, I'm also wearing shoes and socks. By You're wearing sho- He's wearing shoes, shoes and socks. socks. He's got a lot of, there's some fashionable uh, <laughs> Wait. detail on his shoes. By the way, this is not even a real podcast. This is just, uh, I mean, I'm, I. Deodorant. Wearing deodorant. You're wearing deodorant? Yes. I am too. I and mean, I'm sweating. Well, maybe it's profusely. antiperspirant. I'm not sure. Oh, that, that causes hurts. cancer. Then it's deodorant. Allegedly. <laughs> I hope it's, I hope it's not antiperspirant. Um, all right. So, okay. We set the stage. Neil's looking good. All right. And I, I've already done an intro for you. Great. Or people listening will have already heard the intro because I know from doing your show. Uh, right. Do you still have the show on Sirius XM called no, The Inner Circle? I stopped doing it. You stopped doing I it? Gotta, I had to get this, this book that you have in front of you. I had to get it done. So I just put everything on hold. Everything on hold. It was worth it. This book is called, and I've already said this in the intro, uh, because that's what Neil taught me, actually, from doing your show twice. You think it's classy, and you're so right, for the host, which in this case is me, to plug your stuff. Talk about who you are. Talk about what you've done. Right. Right. So there you go. Uh, yeah. So Neil has written this book that we're going to talk about uh, called "The Truth," which is an uncomfortable book. Wait, let me take this back. It's called "The Truth," an uncomfortable book about relationships. Um, but I want to. Here's where I want to start. How do we meet? How did I end up? Because I, the first time I met you, I did your show. Yes. Called the Inner Circle. Right. But why did I end up there? I don't know. Why did you have me on your though. show? But why? You just, I don't, I, I didn't I ask to be on the show. I got an right. email and I was no, like, no, no, we, we reached out. I can't remember. I can't remember. I don't, I can't remember why. Okay. You just well, seem like cool and interesting <laughs> and seemed like you'd be a good, like, guest. It was like a mix kind of a three other people in the room. Who do we yeah. have? Who else was on? We there? had Robert Green. Robert Green. Right. Yeah. All I remember is like us two watching a hula hoop at the end. Hula hoop? You were like oh, did hula I hula hoop? In our, in our main room afterward. And we were just hanging out talking while you were hula hooping. I was trying to flirt with you and you guys were negging me by ignoring me. And I was like, look at me. I have daddy. Yeah, I know, I, I, to me. Yeah, I know. I, that, thank you for acknowledging that. Because that's <laughs> what I course. thought. I, I, was like, oh, I was like, oh, that's cute. Like, oh, that's oh, uh, like adorable. Well, here's. The, oh, yeah. And I, I was just trying to say that this isn't even a real podcast. It's just me trying to derail any kind of like a healthy place you've gotten to with Ingrid, right. uh, who is Neil's wife. Um right. Yeah, I'm just here to flirt with you. This is like a date for me. Great. Nobody's ever going to hear this. Great. I'm just going to try to sleep with you at the end of it. That's cool, right? Awesome. Okay, great. And we'll see how strong you are. Anyway, great. but uh, no, I remember, so I get this email because my manager is Dave Becky. You're friends with him. Right. So I get this email and I had heard of you because you wrote the game. You know, how old are you, by the way? Can I ask that? 
Yeah, 45. You're 45. So I'm 34, but I look like a haggard 29, I would like to say. <laughs> That's funny. You'd use that before I bet, but it's good. Oh, thank you. Oh, my God. I do that to other people, too, when I hear their rehearsed jokes, too. Right. I call them out on it. I appreciate that. Um, it's too tight. Oh, my God. Okay, I'll work on my performance. But um, So I get this email, and I'd be, I was invited onto your, your, to your show. And I had all these mixed feelings because I was like, you know, because I write about sex and love and dating right. relationships. I have a blog called I'm Boy Crazy. Uh, anyway, and uh, and I had an awareness of you because you wrote this best-selling novel called The Game that I owned a copy of, had barely read, but but like uh, had taken bits of it so I could. Like, like when you wanted to get angry, you'd read a couple of pages. I'd read a couple of pages. Well, a righteous indignation. Well, kind. But I was raised to be a female misogynist, so I thought, like, I'm, I relate more uh, more to men, so I'm going to take this book, and I'm going to use it on men, and I'm really going to show them. And I'd heard – I was born and raised in Los Angeles, and I had heard somehow that, like, somebody said to me, like, oh, there's this book called The Game, and all the guys in Ruin 5 so have you mean, this you mean book. like a misinterest? A misinterest in your misandrist. book? Misinterest. No, like if you're sort of – I guess so. A female misogynist, that would be redundant – I mean, is that so what wait, it is? Oh, no, no so, so I'm a woman who was raised who by a men. father. No. No, who hates, who, who do you hate? So my dad hates women. Okay. He's a misogynist. Okay. Raised by him, and I am his daughter, but I was his, like, little sidekick best friend, and that's why, you know, I relate oh, to your so you relationship. Are. Got it, got it. Yeah, that's why in you the were. book, when you talk about your relationship with your mother and being enmeshed by your mom, and, and, uh, that's what was my relationship with my father. So, I'm like, excited to get into that. Oh, my God, I really do. I know, because I, 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 I'm just trying to. Take us through because I have yeah, lots yeah. of nervous uh, energy, and I love that you're here because I feel like I'm going to lose control and you're going to take over because you're such a good uh, interviewer. But I'm I'm, I'm sitting. I'm very. Uh, you're just being quiet. I'm, here, I'm just absorbing. I'm not used to this because I've list, I've done so much research on you. I have like copious notes that I feel like will just I'm going to abandon at any moment. I already have. Um, but uh, but I've heard you on numerous podcasts, and I've heard you just take over all right. of them. And I'm like, oh, I guess that's going to that's going to happen. Why, why even bother? Why, why prepare? Um, but, uh, yeah, so I was raised by my father, who's misogynist, and then I was like – so I went through a weird thing, and I will throw it back to you, and I don't mean to be a total narcissist, but I like you so much. I have a lot of love for you and appreciation for you at now, especially at this point after reading this book because uh, I identify so much with you. Yeah, I remember you texted me afterwards. Oh, I'm my God. To talk about those Hysterical, things. yes. So when I first met you, I was like, oh, who is this guy? He's like, I'm, I'm scared of him. I'm going to go do the thing because I want to get on this platform of this weird show and do something that scares me and maybe right. get more blog followers or whatever. But he's probably going to be mean to me. Maybe he's going to neg me and try to whatever. And then you try to sleep with you. Is that and try to sleep, like, or just do something weird. You think I, I was gonna, inviding you over to my radio show as a seduction I, technique? I did, or uh-huh. I just thought you're going to be mean and weird, and I didn't trust you, so I went in kind of vigilant. Like, who is right. this guy? Like, I, and I felt so young and inexperienced and scared and terrified, and and that that's cool. I like to rise to the occasion and walk through those kind of situations. And then you're lovely, but then right at the end, you. Right at the end. Well, I, don't, well, I don't know what's coming. Okay. Right at the end, you tacked on. You're like, okay, we're going to do this personality test, blah, blah, blah. Answer these questions. You're this, Alexi. And then you told me who I was. It was uh, negative. And then you're like, and that's our show. I got it. Really? <laughs> yeah, you gave me some personality tests that I did not even agree with. Uh-huh. Uh, that I said it was right. You said, set me up to fail. Said it was, I was right. It's your show. And then the show was over. And I thought, what an asshole. Um, what a dick. I knew it. And yet he didn't try to sleep with me. What's wrong with me? Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, I don't know. And then you sent me this book and over the, you know, but I, I've always respected you and had a fondness for you and thought, you know, you're interesting because you, you're a searcher. Right. And uh, I will be done with my eon of a, whatever this introduction is. But 
I just need to tell you how I feel about you because I have not seen you in years. Right. You, um, we have a, you have a love-hate relationship. I don't have a love-hate. I have a just nothing. Love. I have just love now. And I, I never hated you. It was never that extreme. But I thought, who is this guy? But you're a searcher like I am. And then, uh, and then you sent me this book. And I was reading it. And uh, so the first book, you fell in with a bunch of what? You, you were a nerd who never slept with people, Right. Kind of, yeah. Or, like, or I, like I, I think, yeah. But if game. I did happen to sleep with someone, I'd like make sure I dated them to make sure I could keep sleeping with them for like a couple years. Okay, and that'll, so, yeah. So basically, it happened very occasionally, and and then I would just end up dating the wrong person just because they were willing to sleep with me. Oh wow! Oh no! Um, yeah, you know, people always say like, you know, people always sort of like shame promiscuity and like uh, put relationships on a pedestal. But I honestly would rather have a bad one night stand than a bad relationship. Me too. So I don't know why it is like, you know, I'll only sleep with you willing to be in a relationship. Like, don't just sleep with someone if you enjoy it. Yeah. And make sure you're, they're, they're like, they're the right person to be in a relationship with and before you get into it. It's yeah. crazy how we sort of like make it just right and noble to be in a relationship when so many people get hurt and destroyed by them. But I feel like that's less and less because like for millennials now, I feel like they're living their whole life according to like sex at dawn style where it's right. like everybody's having so much sex and they are so promiscuous and there are, there are all these labels like, slut, you know, you're slut shaming me and this and that. And like everybody's kind of doing whatever they want. I feel now monogamy and getting married and settling down is uh, uh, like... I've never slept with anybody and not had adventures because I feel like I'm supposed to be a certain way. Right. Um, so now I feel like I'm going to get to a point where I'm like in my 40s and I guess get tired and I go, fuck it. I've done all the other shit. I'm ready to settle down because I never uh, wasted my life just trying to be what, I'm, you know, somebody who's supposed to settle, you know, and not right. sleep with people. And now I have a lot of friends who are like musicians who uh, – get married because they feel like that's the new punk rock thing to do because they've tried it the other way. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. yeah but I think here's, here's what I think. By the okay. way, are you the kind of person who like, if you meet a guy, you go on a date and you guys about to make out, but like you'll talk it through and then like kill all the romance. No, I never do that. I'm actually like that. fun. Like not overthinking it. No, you don't do that. That's just us on the podcast. Right okay. Now. <laughs> all right. No. Cause I'm just, just like, asking. I have all these things I want to talk to you about. Cause uh, I do remember Cause I'm just thinking, I remember like there was like somebody who like I had this, I, another writer actually, who I, like dated for a brief moment, but like we would start, they would, we would just start like, she would get in these like kind of neurotic, funny, neurotic loops yeah. of, of talking that would like, so it'd be kind of makeouts punctuated by, am I okay? Are you okay? No, discussion. I don't do that. I'm actually, okay. I know when to shut the fuck up and, and be sexy, but, uh, okay. but, uh, okay. I don't even know where we're going with any of this. Now, oh, so, but, but, so, so, yes, you're making like, so, you're making grand generalizations about millennials. I, I recall. And by the oh. way, I feel like there's something wrong with our, like this whole millennial idea. Yeah, I don't even like that word. I feel it's, like that's a dorky word. And, and and it's like just I think what it is is we everyone forgets what it's like to be young. Yeah. And then they think there's a new generation coming up that's so much different. You're so right. But they did the same thing everyone else does because they say the same shit. Oh, they don't work hard enough and they, they, they're changing all the values and they just want to sleep around. Like that's everyone when they're young. You know, the, yeah. they said the same thing about Generation X. They're lazy. Same thing about hippies. They're that's lazy. They're not working. They're destroying the country and our, the thing we've, what it is, is there's a new generation coming. You know, they're young yeah. and they're threatening to you because guess what? They're younger yeah, and yeah. they're cooler and they're tapped into what's happening. Yeah. Um, and then we kind of label them a certain way and say how they're, you know, it's just, I just find that I just think it's youth. Yeah. And yeah, there are different tools available than there were in each generation. And That's true. So I just feel like, I just feel like it's a, it's human nature. That's true. Um, getting anyway. to the truth. So I'm reading the truth and, uh, and so it starts where 
you're in a relationship with this woman, Ingrid, uh, and you're you're having a conversation. You get uh, with Rick Rubin, who serves as your spirit guide throughout throughout the book, which right. is really exciting and interesting. Uh, you get caught cheating. I don't know what I can give away, but I feel like I've heard you talk yeah, you about. Can, you least, can talk about whatever you whatever want. Whatever I want. You get caught cheating. You go to. You try to save your. Let me tell me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. You try to save your relationship, right? Or just like uh, do what your friend, what Rick suggests, and then just uh, be better. Or do what you think you need to do. All you go that. to yeah. you go to sex rehab, which you think is bullshit. You've got like a a current. You know, you're skeptic, and there's lots of cynicism when you first get to sex rehab. Uh, but then you get broken down. This is where I went hysterical, fell in love with you, looked at myself. You're writing a timeline of your life, of your about your parents, and this uh, oh the secret comes out. This is I mean I'm all over the place, but there will be a point at some <laughs> some point here. Um, you you talk about your mom discovering a videotape of your father's, right? And on it, you think you're looking for porn. You think it's porn. It's a tape of your father. Uh, like a fetish tape of like, is it only your mom or other people who are crippled, right? Yeah, just anybody, any, anybody just, male, female, who's got a, like missing limbs or things like that. So you discover that your father had this fetish with, with oh God, uh, it's also not PC. I don't have, yeah, whatever, it's fine. Uh, your father is uh, has a fetish for crippled people. And your mom... Yeah, dis- is, disabled would be probably the PC yeah, word. I, mean, I can't right. even do it. Let's just not be PC. Do we have to be PC? We can be whatever we want. Yeah. And your mom is is disabled, crippled. She has one leg is shorter than the other. Right. Right? And when you make this discovery, uh, your mom is so excited about it because now she has somebody to talk about it with. She had never even spoken about this discovery with your father. She found out too. Right? Am I right? Right. Um, so you have this this relationship that's way too close. And I'd never heard the word enmeshed before. I learned about the phrase, the word enmeshed from reading your book. Yeah, no, it's a great idea. Like people are so aware of abandonment yeah, and where someone wasn't there, but they're not aware of the flip side of that, which is enmeshment, which is if abandonment is a parent's not there for your needs, uh, enmeshment is you're there to meet the parent's needs. Yeah. And most people don't realize it's going on. In fact, I have a friend who's dating somebody and this person's completely controlled by their mom. Yeah. You know, their mom like uh, is always asking for help and, you know, always around and always saying what they think of their girlfriends is saving them from their bad girlfriends. And yeah. this person really thinks like, I got to help mom and mom is helping me, not realizing they, uh, part of being an adult is actually separating from your, <laughs> from your parents and no longer being raised by them and not raising them and having your own life. Yeah. I feel like I know lots of people who are in that situation and, uh, so you, you, you identify, you have this relationship with your mom where it's an enmeshed relationship with your mom where you're just way too close. It's essentially you're dating your mom. And uh, that's your backstory. That's the situation with you and your mom. When you're at sex rehab, I'm telling this to all the listeners, you, when you're skeptical of all of it, but you have uh, one day in group, uh, you're, you're being broken down by one of the mean ladies what's right, her name right. not Lorraine Lorraine is the cool one uh, um, Joan Joan yeah Joan the, Joan the quote unquote bitch who is uh, way hardcore this is me talking to my young but followers. it's very like, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but no sex rehab was so bizarre because 
really like for the, I just felt like they were just trying to treat, teach this Puritan idea of morality that yeah. any sex that's n- not in a committed monogamous relationship is somehow unhealthy. They're like sex addiction groups, like Sexaholics Anonymous, I think is one of them, where if you have premarital sex, yeah, so basically crazy. you're seen as a sex addict if you have premarital sex, if you like watch porn, if you masturbate, uh, basically anything anyone here. Guilty as charged for all of it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. totally. I exactly. they should be locked up. But uh, I think so. That, so I was kind of just thinking this is just like is bullshit. moralizing bullshit and the world's changed. Yeah. Uh, but then this moment came, like you were saying. With so this Joan. moment comes up where, you know, Joan is just breaking you down and she she goes, well, uh, she basically tells you that you are uh, the victim of emotional incest. Right. You weren't molested, but you you are the victim of emotional. You've experienced emotional incest. When I heard that phrase and I'd never heard that phrase in my life, you had neither. Right. right? I lost it. I lo- I just started bawling because you know, and uh, because I I that's because I experienced wow. it. your book showed my life to me, and that's why you're here. And I don't mean that you, know, you can label me a narcissist, blah blah. No, no, so, that's like, what I, I want. I wanted I that's what like, I wanted from the book. Yeah. I honestly, I gonna, wasn't just it no, wasn't <laughs> no, it wasn't to share my story. It was so like you could see your own patterns in there. Just for me, just me, Alexi. Just for you. <laughs> <laughs> you. I don't you know how to tell you after that personality <laughs> test at the end of the radio show. I felt like you really didn't get it. Yeah, well, you so invited me back. I was actually on your show twice. I came back by accident, and you let me know it was an accident. And I was like, oh god, what happened? I ended up on your radio show a second time, and I was like, come with someone else, or did? No, you, you invited happened? me, and then I remember saying, uh, "Saying, oh my god, I guess, uh, I guess we really hit it off. Thanks for inviting right. me back twice, uh, a second time." And you were like, "Oh, I didn't do that. That's that's a total mistake." But you know, you can really? stay. <laughs> I feel like I feel like your versions of the stories may be different than the act stories actually were. I mean, perhaps. But this is right. my podcast, and I can do anything I want. Right. Uh, anyway. Um, but yeah, so I feel like everything was accidentally an insult to you. No, it probably because yes. I was vigilant when I went into any situation with you because and you because you have this uh, your sweetheart, you're so deep, you're amazing, you're searching for the truth and whatnot. But uh, but you know you have to deal with this. Uh, your well, I can't. I can't even I'm going to begin all our conversations now with this this question. <laughs> So, Alexi, how did I insult you last time? No, no, no. You're not insulting me now. I'm, I'm insulting you by... Uh... <laughs> no, I'm not now. It'll be later. Later what happens is you will leave here and then a story will take shape in your head. No, that is not true. Reality. Stop it. No. Wait, no but, th- but listen, I'm actually... Uh, for, for the new book I'm doing, I'm talking with memory people. Oh, you are? People who, uh, who are uh, seeing how moldable our memory is. And neurologists say that every time we re-access a memory, it becomes plastic and we can change it. Every time we react to a Every memory? Every time we, we, we access, when you access a memory, you're remembering something happened in your life. Yeah. It becomes plastic again and it can be changed. Okay. So let's go back to our moments and <laughs> right. change them all into They've wonderful, loving now. experience. Now, 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 I mean, I don't even know if this thing happened, but now I sort of remember it happening. Here's how hardcore, here's how fucked up our memories are. <laughs> yeah. Is uh, they did this exper- experiment where they took um, guys, uh, a bunch of people, and they, I think they were, it was guys, and they said, "Who had, they said, have you ever been arrested as a teenager? They said, no. They checked their records. They weren't arrested. They weren't. Then they got their family and friends together to say, no, no, you were arrested. Remember that one time? And you were, and they spun this very convincing story. Yeah. Met with them like, like later on, and they actually had the memory of being arrested as if they'd actually experienced it. The kid? The original person? It was, it was adults, asking adults. Oh, my God. And they've done tons of studies every which way, and our memory is so... Malleable? So malleable. All right. Yeah. Well, I feel better about our past experiences right. now because now we're just walking through it and talking about yes. it. Yes. But now I've, I've given you a negative uh, memory of uh, of me first being. Actually, you didn't even remember. I remember you coming over that first time. All right. Yeah. Second time. The second, is that when we recorded that little <laughs> video? 
I think that, that was the first time. I ended up staying friends with Robert Greene. Yeah. Another enmeshed guy, right? Yes. Yeah, fascinating, I, right? Yeah, I heard that when you were talking to Christopher Ryan, the author of Sex at Dawn. Right. Uh, you know, oh, so wait. So you're in... Okay, let's just get back. Okay. All right, because I, I was reading your book today. I was like, I, I don't even want to complete... I, I keep going back to it, and I and I was in tears earlier today. Like, I have so many feelings attached to your book. Yeah, and let's you, talk about that emotional incest thing. So you read that, and you, so you and realized... And I burst, I burst into tears, and I immediately texted you. I think I was like live tweeting live, and live texting you, which is right. like so no boundaries. Just like, right. well, he sent me the book, you know? Like, I have the book, and he wanted me to feel feelings, and I am, so I'm texting him. Uh, because that's the kind of relationship I have with my father, you know? Uh just too much, his little sidekick, his best friend. I, I saw women through his eyes. And then I was right. like, as I was growing up, I was like, fuck, I'm a woman. Oh, no. And I, you know, and uh, so I realized that's what I experienced because I, I would always make a joke where I would say um, people would go, oh, you have so many daddy issues. You have sex with so many people. Uh, were you molested? And I was and I and I go, oh, no, I wasn't molested, you know, but I. What was wrong with me? Why didn't my dad molest me? But I was emotionally, I experienced emotional incest because it was, uh, yeah, I was never like physically molested, but just too much, too much information, too much talking about you know, whatever, my mom with my father and being his little sidekick. And, uh, and it's interesting. I can't I, believe people would say that. I'm still shocked that people would say, oh, you have a lot of sex where you molested. That's such a sex well, I mean, negative sort of. Sex negative, sex po- I don't know. People right. say they're probably trying to game me. It's funny. I have a lot of guys who I don't. I don't know if that's like a good line for that. Is yeah, maybe not. I think they go a little too hardcore. It's funny because I, I I still meet a lot of guys who like try to neg me to flirt with me or they insult right. me. You might. I'm honestly. You might just be reading that into it. <laughs> really? I don't know if they're all trying to neg you. I don't or, even think they know. Or, they don't know what they're doing. Or, but or you're just seeing everything as personal I'm, insults. Maybe. I'm just well because you know I've read uh, the game also, so I feel like well, here, I think I think like if you had you had like this double bind growing up where like oh man you know, like I think you had these double binds. One of the reasons maybe you're sort of like have this charming neuroticism is like that idea. Oh, all women are bad. Wait, I'm a woman. That's I'm bad. So you had these sort of like mixed messages that women, uh, men hate women. I've got like you know, right. I had I also did this thing that I believe you did, where it's like you have to kind of like look at the belief system you hold about uh, for yourself, but you aren't aware of, right? And, I, and but it's interesting how you know, even having an awareness of 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 everything that's going on inside of you and what you do and your behavior, it doesn't cure you. It doesn't stop the behavior. Yeah, the awareness doesn't stop it, but, the but it's the, like just the first. It's like the first baby yeah. step, or or even the message like. My dad hates women. My dad loves me. I'm a woman. Like, wait, what's going on? What does it all mean? Yeah, right. I, I can't even get into me because I'm so confused. And your book has confused me even more and real, made me realize I, I probably have to go uh, to this facility and I need to work on myself. And I'm just uh, completely confused. I don't know if I'm a love addict, if I'm a love avoidant. I think I, I pick and I change at different points in my life. But so you're in. You're, you're probably, you're, you're, I mean, you're, you're probably. I'm a love addict, and then I turn into a love avoidant. When I, I think it's a love, I think it's just a love avoidant because then it starts to get real, <laughs> and then because everybody's like, I want to be in love. I mean, I think there's there's the high avoidant people who really just don't want to be in a relationship. Like I have friends who like you know no one gets to spend the night at their house. Oh, That's I get like, like that high, too. High avoidance. Or I go to a man's house so I can leave. Right, right. Or if they come to my house, I've only recently gone. Oh, well, they're a human being and they're tired. I guess I'll just let them stay if I was willing to have sex. But then with them. you stay up like resenting them. I can't sleep because I'm embarrassed. I'm going to do something embarrassing. I'm afraid my stomach's going to growl or go uh, haywire or do something weird. Right, right, I don't right. want to talk about it. <laughs> That's funny. You're like, gonna, like... I want to be perfect and yeah. No, I've dated like, like or stuff with people who like would in the morning would go do their makeup, like redo their makeup and then get back in bed and stuff. That's that's right. That's nice. They should. <laughs> right. That means they care. Um, listen, so you're in, 
they care about what you think of them. Yes. That's so, okay. Yeah. So, thank um, you. See, listen, both of us. By the way, here's another thing. Okay. You talk very fast. I, I appreciate that. I love that. I think that's great. I would like I to t- talk slower. I talk very fast. Let's talk slower. I would like to talk slower as well. Do you ever... I love that you're my first male guest. This is so important for both of us, mainly me, to walk through this uh, uncomfortable feeling. Um, Do you feel like... Does anybody ever correct you and go, hey, man, relax? Or do they just... They're like, oh, that's just Neil. He talks fast. He's got a lot of energy. Because I don't get that. I This is me talking fast, like Neil Strauss, constantly being told by men... Hey, calm down. Are you okay? Like you're talking so fast. And I'm like, no, this is it. I'm in my thirties. This is this is what it is. So with me, they usually just say, What? Oh, really? <laughs> no, but, no, but here's why they do that with you. I mean, obviously they, you. they're trying to wait for an opening when they can kiss you, but you keep talking. That's like, not true. That's just that just means you want to kiss me. Relax. You're married. Okay. I thought that was That's funny. so funny. That's funny. That's like what a pickup artist would do. They'll take a totally innocent conversation and frame it into you being attracted to them. So that's like a classic game move. Oh, so I'm a gamer. Yeah, that was a classic game move. But you, you were you just take, nagging me, you though. Ta- <laughs> you were like, oh, that's because was, they want to kiss you and you won't be quiet. Wait, so I was wait, like, oh, oh you're, you're insulting me. I, see, I love this. Now, that's a great example of you doing your thing. We're the same person. No, you're no, doing your thing. <laughs> always. Go on. <laughs> Which is this. Like, So you could either say, oh, they want to kiss me. They're attracted to me. Right? Or you can say, oh... They're saying I talk too much. They're insulted to me. It was a totally even thing there, and you went on the negative path. No, wait, your engineer's right here. So no, he's in a relationship. He's uh, wait, twenty-three year old. Lost. Uh, so we go with an A. Aristotle. Aristotle. So 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 when I, if I said, oh, they just feel like uh, they're trying to get a, you, they can't, they want to no. break so they can kiss you. No, is that a is that a compliment to her or an insult? You to her? said the kiss part. You said the. Kiss I said part. that, and you said I'm I was t- negging you. No. So the question because you can't no. kiss me because you can't kiss me. You said those guys <laughs> who tell you listen to me. I, I'm going to take us on a journey of logic. Wait, Here this, we go. By the way, at the very beginning, when <laughs> I said you do this to to guys, you totally do this to guys. I would like, I would like to next show. Let's we, have a third guy here who you've made out with, and I'm going to no. ask him these questions. We've never been on a date. You've always <laughs> right. been in a relationship. Yeah. You've never tried to date me. Right. You're married with a child now. Right. We can never. You'll never be able to see me when I'm super cool and kissable okay i'm I'm telling you that men like you know like we'll double date me and my wife we'll double date you and you and and your person who can't sleep over that you're avoiding we'll double date how dare you you don't know me so aristotle wait wait so you you, let aristotle get a word in here for christ's sake let him get a kiss in here so um so is that an insult or compliment or 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 you can stay out of it he's been told not to speak you can nod. You can no. nod. He okay. Let's he, see. He's, 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 the, he's the perfect producer for me. I right. actually I cut off his dick, and uh, <laughs> it's perfect. I castrated him. Uh, you know, from the get go. No, you just said they probably want you to be quiet so they can kiss you. You're complimenting me. That's a lovely thing. Right. That's charming. They said it's a those neg. guys. No, those guys aren't trying to kiss me because they're like people I work with, or if I go to a pitch meeting, or if it's like Dave, it's my if it's my manager or whatever. They're just fucking with me. You know, because they are just like to fuck with you. Probably because they're guys and they want to be talking more and be the center of attention, and you're like well, taking away their limelight and they're insecure. Maybe well, I like that uh, that idea right. better. But uh, but yeah, but I can totally take the compliment. 
but I can't get the kiss because you're married and you've got a kid. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? But I see you in a, in a nice way. Um, right, but that, but that, and that's the pickup artist move, by the way, which is like we would do that all the time. You'd be in a totally innocent conversation and you'd reframe it into something sexual, which was like the classic move. Like literally if someone bumps into you in a club, we'd be like, whoa, wait, did you just grab my, did you just grab my ass? It's oh, yeah. That's just, what I do at Whole Foods you know, at right? Target. Or, or, or if somebody you're just <laughs> So that's like, that's a classic. That's great. Yeah. I, or I'll like rush against somebody's hand. And I'll go, hey, stop trying to hold my hand. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that's funny and charming. Another, another great thing to two words which we would always use is I'm taken. If they do that, you're like, I'm taken. Oh my God, I do that too. Uh, no. Wait, wait a minute. I'm like, I'm the female you, yes, the old clearly, you, because the new you stems from this book called The Truth, an uncomfortable <laughs> book about relationships. So you're at the sex rehab place. You're not into it. All of a sudden you get broken down. You right. learn that you've been, the, 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 you know, you've experienced uh, emotional incest. Right. You're crying, I'm sure, during the experience. I'm crying reading about the experience. Uh, then you, whatever, you do the thing where you reparent yourself. And you that's what I was reading again today, where um, you sit in a chair, you do chair work. Everybody else puts on at the, at the uh, sex rehab who's going to watch you do this thing uh, has to put on emotional wetsuits because uh, it, gets pretty heavy in there. it gets pretty heavy in the sex rehab where you, you imagine you're talking to your mom and your dad um, separately. And you tell them everything you need to say that you're never able to say. Uh, and then you talk to a little version of you. You shrink down that little version of you and, and you say, you know, you put your little version of you in your heart and you say, those parents are fired. I'm going to parent you now. Great stuff. Beautiful stuff. Beautiful. You do all this stuff. Then you leave. Here's what I want to know. You right. leave and it, and, and it doesn't end there. And you just go back to Ingrid. Everything's perfect. Everything's wonderful. You go on this other journey to try it a bunch of different ways as far as relationships are concerned. So why did you do that? And what did you, what other kind of relationships did you Got it. seek okay, out? I hear what you're saying. So there's, so, so yeah, so I think the, there's a few questions in there, but I'll answer Please, them all. Please, I need is, your help. <laughs> which is, uh, I think that's what's fascinating uh, is that just because we know it or we have the awareness doesn't mean we're going to do it. Like yeah. all the New Year's resolutions and... <clears throat> or I'm not going to date a guy or a woman like that again. And then they, they're next thing, you know, they're in a relationship with someone like that again. So being aware is not enough to change. So we'll get back to that, which is, so I had the awareness it makes sense, but all of a sudden you go back home and the same patterns and pressure start building and all of a sudden you're reverting to the same behavior. So in my case, I just thought, you know what? I went through sex addiction rehab. I learned all the stuff. It didn't work. Uh, maybe I think the problem might be society. It's not me, of course, it's society. And monogamy is like, makes no sense. Like literally, if you, scientifically, it doesn't make sense. Like evolutionarily, it doesn't make sense. Like biologically, there's like nothing that makes sense about monogamy. So I thought maybe we're just stuck in this sort of ancient institution that in the ninth century, the Catholic church tried to make canonical and like, you know, required uh, and we're still doing it. It doesn't make sense. Like we're in this society full of options and why just because you love someone, well, how does having sex with someone else, if you do it honestly with integrity, have anything to do with you loving them less or more? It just made no sense. So I thought, yeah. let me go find the kind of relationship that's, you know, true to who I am. And and it's fun. Other people are fun. Getting to know them, getting to sleep with them, seeing what comes out, like getting making that connection. It's fun. It's great. So yeah. I thought, why don't I just find a, try to find, say, a free relationship that's current and make sense to who I am. So what, uh, what did you do first? You tried um, I, I, I got, no, I got into like the, I, so I'm like, okay, I got to do polyamory. And, oh, wait, and where was Ingrid? So you, you leave sex so rehab. I, I broke, I told Ingrid, I said, Hey, you know what? I'm just not monogamous. So we were together for like a year and I just tried to stay in the sex addiction world, Yeah, which was like a lot of it was just to me personally, a lot of it was just weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
<clears throat> you know, you'd, you'd go to these meetings and, and a guy would be like, you know, I, I, it's, I'm, I broke my sobriety today. I masturbated. A, and one guy said, I masturbated a Shapes magazine. Oh, my God. And, I'm like, and I just geek. felt, and another guy was like, oh, you know, I had lustful thoughts about my secretary. And I'm like, we're just human beings. That's like, fine. Don't yeah. be so hard on yourselves. You yeah. know, we're human beings. Uh, so, so, so we tried for a year and I just like felt like I was um, uh, just in chains. I had a breakthrough. Uh, and so I just told her, I just said, Hey, I got to go on this journey. And I, if you want to go with me, um, and we can open up our relationship or, or not. Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry. I don't mean to judge you. Yeah, no, 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 woman. True. You've never really talked about this with a woman <clears throat> besides <throat> Esther Perel. I feel like all the research I've done in you and read about you and like been right. listening to your press tour or whatever, going on podcasts. Esther Perel would say though, that's the, that's the American problem. You, she would, she would have sort of, she would have a different response than you did. Well, and I'm not saying, yeah, right. I'm not comparing myself to Esther right. Perel in right. any way, shape or form. I'm just saying that's the only other woman I've heard you talk to about all this, but go on. Right. And, so, um, and uh, so uh, Ingrid's out. She's like, I don't, I don't want to do that. Yeah, so Ingrid's like, well, I guess you got to go on your journey. And she said this great, really wise line that um, uh, I feel like I caught it, captured this beautiful bird and put this bird in a cage. Uh, and the, but the bird keeps staring out the window, so I got to set the bird free. Yeah. And then her last line, which was very sage, was, "But birds die in the wild." Oh no, that's how I feel about my cat. I'm always <laughs> looking out the window, but I don't want to get hit by a car. But yes, right. so yes. so you, you she lets you fly. You fly out of that cage. You guys right. agree upon that, yeah? So I go to this like I, so I think like okay, I got to get into polyamory and sort of like that's the place to be where you can it's that fits my philosophy. We can have many loves, and just because you love someone else doesn't like it's not like you have like a hundred love points to give, and you have to, if someone has ninety of them, you only have ten left for someone else. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Uh, so um, you know, so and also it's done honestly with integrity, not lying, not sneaking around, not don't ask, don't tell. So I go to this World Polyamory Conference. I figure there'll be like-minded people and workshops, and it was like the weirdest. And this is not. Uh, this is not a dig on polyamory. It's a dig on what that conference was. It was just the weirdest shit. I, one of the, some of the weirdest shit I've ever experienced. Why? It was like I just don't know what had, a lot of it had to do with polyamory. It was like a bunch of like wow. It was just like these weird, these kind of like very new age naked people uh, doing these <laughs> things called a puja. P u j a. I'm already creeped out. Yeah, yeah. And so they no kind thanks. of get in a circle. <clears throat> so they kind of get in a circle. And they'd, someone would be the priestess and they would start doing these exercises where they'd all kind of be groping each other. Um, but huh. you really had to like, you know, take all these kind of new age uh, uh, beliefs, this belief system in too. It isn't just like, okay, let's feel each other's arms and it feels nice. It's like, you know, Mother Earth is opening before us and yeah. we are, I'm the priestess and I'm, but I got, anyway, I got, so I got kicked out of my first orgy for eating popcorn. I was just eating, I, I, kind, of, <laughs> I kind of backed out and sat against the wall. <clears throat> we have this just, free tiny water for you too if you need you. it. It's a highbrow nerdist. Yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we do what we can over here. <clears throat> so uh so just the memory of it's so traumatic it's hard to hard to bring it up. <laughs> it's okay, I'm here for um, you. Don't touch and me. And I still want to go back to your epiphany. <laughs> um, <laughs> My epiphany. <laughs> about the emotional incest thing. But but uh, but anyway, uh so I was eating popcorn and the person came up and said we don't eat in a temple. And this temple was just like a conference room. <laughs> eventually eventually like I, I got kicked out kicked out. Amazing! It's almost, yeah, so you want sad. It. And there was like a glass, and I was like on the other side of the glass, looking through at everybody doing this kind of. It was, it was honestly it was creepy. I felt like it was creepy. It wasn't like cool was, people. I also felt, I also felt like the guys were trying to like cluster around any woman who was attractive, and you know, so they could be the closest to her and the puja. It just it was creepy energy. Yeah, if you could just get a bunch of cool, interesting people that you want to do this with instead of I don't know, 
It just sounds like a weird vibe. I think even Putting if everyone looked like supermodels, I'd still be against the wall eating popcorn. Yeah, so no, weird. I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, but go on. So, um, so, uh, so yeah, so that was the first experience. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, and so I don't know what the lesson is there. The lesson is like there's weird people doing it. And, it doesn't even uh, have to be a lesson. It wasn't for you. You got kicked out. <laughs> it wasn't for me. But it's funny. The irony was like here is that freedom I've been wanting, but I'm somehow I'm not comfortable with it. Um. And then you try to triage, triage, triad. Wait, a, triad? a three. Wait, where it's like you and two other girls, and you're going to have this relationship. I, oh, I did. I did that. Order. Oh, I did that later. You yeah, did that yeah, later. I did yeah, yeah. I thought. I thought um, maybe it's nice if there's like two girls in a relationship, and I'm there. First, I tried like three <laughs> girls, and I tried every combination. I tried all the relationships. You tried all the stuff. Um, but yeah, I tried like uh, living with three girlfriends. That was a disaster. Yeah, that uh, was a total disaster. You know, I, I, I'm. I just want to. Do you feel like? I want to know what what how, I, what Esther Perel's relationship is with her husband. What Christopher Ryan? Uh, I would like to know all these people who write about sex, right. love, and dating. How it should all be and the new ways. They're, and, they're less and, open about their own lives. That's what I'm like because yeah. I'm like I'm like that's all fine. I, and good. I know that's it personally, great. but I also I'm know sure like do. they they don't talk about it in their interviews. Well, good, I just they think, should keep it to themselves. They should keep it close because yeah, <laughs> because uh, I don't think so. I think I think what it is is you write any book that's not in the norm or the mainstream. I'm I'm just different because I. I don't know if I don't care or I don't know what it is, but they feel like uh, maybe because they have doctor, you know, maybe they have um, medical credentials or, yeah. or, or credentials that they feel like they get attacked already and they don't want to put their personal life up for judgment maybe. Yeah. I don't that's, know what it is. That's what yeah. I'm most interested in because I'm like, all right, well, you're writing about this, but like how does it – what does it look like in your life? How does it manifest in your life? Are you taking right. your own advice? Does it work for you? Uh, that's what I'm most interested in. And I also in. don't like – I also like uh, – I also feel like I want to be honest about <clears throat> that nothing's – always perfect it's not like a pollyanna thing like yeah for example in the polyamory i know i keep my throat keeps getting scratchy no i like you know why you're being real you're being gritty and real <laughs> and right. uh that's, that's right. fine thank you um, i'm imagining it's a pubic hair stuck in the back of your throat because you're such a yes. <laughs> the lothario the lothario vision of you in my mind's eye i'm not um, getting sick all right so oh, me too. only because i have a little baby oh not because I would get you sick. No, um, thank you. Monster. <laughs> um, Stop negging me. You clearly right. love me. So, uh, so where were we? So something you're, about, you're trying oh, yeah. it in a bunch oh, yeah. of different so, ways. You know, so I was saying the, these polyamorous people, they, they like, I think a lot of people, and by the way, there's nothing wrong with polyamory. There's nothing wrong with any relationship style whatsoever. I get it. Yeah. Everyone has its challenges. And I think when people maybe feel marginalized, they try to talk how all talk about the good points and not the reality of it. So it's fun as experiencing and seeing like, for example, at the polyamory conference, they didn't talk about when you have three, you're dating three people, like who gets the front seat of the car. Yeah. Like that was a challenge I didn't realize. They don't line up and like somehow they felt like whoever's in the front seat is the favorite one and it's yeah. ridiculous. Uh, I want to know how you got back to monogamy because now you're in a monogamous relationship. Right. But you're, so you're, you're, but, I'm, but I wouldn't say, I wouldn't even say that. Like, oh, you're I think, not, you're not in a monogamous relationship? Like, I, th- I think that I, here's, here's the thought. Poly, like, Monogamous, non-monogamous, they're stupid. They're distinctions that have nothing to do with reality. Okay. Right? There's no, like, the universe doesn't know monogamy and non-monogamy. <clears throat> but they help us, like, create boundaries <clears throat> and define terms. Right. Cool. All, all so, I so, so, yeah. here, so here's the thing. Yeah. Any, anyone will tell you a boundary works if it's flexible, not if it's stiff. And that requires communication, which so many people aren't willing to do. Right. It does require communication. Yeah. But my thought is that our relationship is just whatever serves the relationship. So there's... Me, there's her, and there's a relationship, three entities. And if something's good for all three, then we're open to it and we discuss it. Yeah. So it's not like, I mean, it's, it'd be like you're going to a job and saying what you're going to do for like the rest of your life. It doesn't really make sense. But then at some point, but when you said that you have to, had to, you wanted to open up the relationship, she wasn't into it. 
right? And that's why, because it had she been, because her terms were she wanted to be just you, just and 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 uh, so. I hear I hear what you're saying. And you here's know, the difference, and this yeah. is why, like, I mean, this is why you write books instead of like one article on, um, you know, whatever medium or something, you yeah. know, like, yes. <clears throat> like you, they, they're like real life has nuances, and yeah. so the nuance is this: that because I couldn't be faithful and I couldn't trust myself to be faithful, that's like the worst reason to open up a relationship, yeah. right? It really means like, oh, you know, the message, and also you're dealing with someone who maybe has their own abandonment issues. So the message is, you're not enough. I need more. Uh, it's not healthy to begin with. So when we got back together, uh, I was totally cool with just monogamy, with just being with her, and and uh, and we both worked on our shit. Like, uh, <clears throat> shit, sorry about all the coughing. No, it's fine. <clears throat> this probably won't be edited out because you guys are just going to throw it online with no edits, but it's cool. No, I'll edit, <laughs> I'll edit whatever you want. No, I will, I'm going to listen to it. Some of those no, no, I'll edit some of those coughs. And the commenting about the cough. <laughs> But yeah, no, I'm gonna do one more cough. Okay, no, here we go. No, right do it. Ready. It's fine. This is the last cough, the final <laughs> cough of the evening. This one's gonna get it all out. Guys. We're just having a conversation. <clears throat> I was on Howard Stern and I kept doing this, but and it was a fine episode. So if that's the only comparison mm-hmm. I ever get to a Howard Stern <laughs> of a show, exactly. I'm fine with it. <laughs> both episodes had coughs with me on them. Oh God. Uh, so oh so yeah so the the point being this. So I worked on my enmeshment issues. My enmeshment thing was like, oh, if you're too close, I need to punch. I need an escape route. You know, I can't be intimate, so I need something else on the on the other side. So once I was willing to really commit to her, that worked for me. And for her, the abandonment was like, wait, am I not enough? I need you. You're drawing away. And so I worked on my enmeshment. She worked on her abandonment. How do you work on an abandonment? How did she work on her abandonment? Same way I worked on enmeshment, which is like you've got a wound and you work on healing it. So Because I always feel like I can only do the work when I'm in the relationship, I feel like when I'm when I'm just in therapy and I'm just on my own, I can't see all the shit that comes up for me until I'm reflected in someone else's eyes. Right. So that's why I'm, I'm interested in, in in how you worked on yourself, just through therapy or writing yeah. or what. I mean, I think I thought of it like this. I thought of it like a almost like a cancer, and I wanted to take every treatment that would lessen the cancer or reduce it. So it would be it was everything. One, I mean, I think the first thing was the humility. Like I found the thing I needed most to change was humility. That's the real change. Why it didn't work before was me really just saying my shit isn't working. All my relationships are a disaster of any kind whatsoever. Monogamous, non-monogamous, celibate, they all don't work. Um, <clears throat> so the problem is me. Uh, so, and whatever I'm doing, my, my head is not going to get me out of it. So the first thing I needed was total humility. That's like the number one thing. Like yeah. people think they're going to, so the humility was one. Then two was then being open to, then really coming to these situations with openness. Okay, what do I need? What can I be here? Not really judging. Um, and then third was uh, really just taking every therapy I could, every book I could, everything. But it's really experiential stuff that opens up the wounds because a lot of this stuff comes in before we have language and intellectual thoughts or it comes in through our feelings. So it was really just hitting it with everything and saying I'm determined to lessen this or get rid of it. What do you think helped you the most? And Yeah. I mean, I think what helped me the most was coming into it with the really wanting it. But as far as the, the therapies that really helped, I think the chair work you were talking about, going through that, I think having other people on the same journey who I could check in with, uh, also having like tools that the idea is, okay, if you're starting to feel trapped or this or that, here's something you can do that you could, like a dialogue you can have with yourself that's going to keep you from going over the edge into your dysfunctional behavior. Yeah. Um, so people to check in with, having tools and having like the deep therapies. Do you ever feel like because you, I mean, because you went through all this and you just, I mean, how many women do you think you've slept with? 
I don't know. You don't know? I don't know. None of my business. All right. So, uh, hey, you know, you're free not to answer. And you didn't. Uh, But do you feel like because you went through all that, it's easier to be with one person because you've gotten so much of this shit out of your system? Well, never. Oh, Jesus. That's a a yes. (laughs) Man. Oh, Um, God. So, uh, thanks, uh, everybody. (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, So... I hope people are listening on headphones really loud oh, <laughs> when well, I cough. They're fine. Right. I'll edit it out. Thanks. Um, I'll, I'll take nice, clean pauses before and after coughs and answer. <laughs> you guys aren't editing it at all, are you? No, I've edited okay. stuff before. All right, cool. No, listen. Um, all right. So what was the question? I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> oh, oh, how many? Uh, oh, no. No, you don't get it out. It's not something you get out of your system. That's, not, just, how, that's not how it works at oh, all. Oh, yeah, you're right. It's just behavior. It's just behavior no, what, in a what, way of, yeah. It's almost the opposite. It's like because you're having more intensity, more sex, more experiences, that becomes your new baseline. So the truth is, the only way to get it out of your system is not to do it a lot, but either A, to stop doing it, or B, do it so much that it literally makes you sick and want to vomit. Yeah. So if you want to like stop eating junk food, you have two ways of doing it outside of the other stuff you need to do. One is like just go cold turkey and stop. So you can kind of reset your sort of brain and uh, taste buds and everything else. So like eating a Dorito would make you want to sick, vomit, be sick. Yeah. Or just fucking eat. You know, people have a cheat day. I don't like the idea of a cheat day. I think on a cheat day, you should eat so much of that stuff that you really feel nauseous and sick. Yeah. And the sight and smell of it makes you want to gag. Yeah. But but just do it like just like look at Hugh Hefner or, Eddie or Russell Brand or anyone else who's sort of prodigious in our society. It's not like they just stop and get monogamous. They go through a monogamy phase and they go crazy again. Yeah. Oh, yay, yay. Um, side note, who came up with the – you had an amazing ad campaign for your book. That said, billboards that I spotted that I hadn't, didn't even realize had anything to do with your book. That read, "On behalf of all men, I apologize." And, I, who came up with this? Oh, I just thought I used to sign like uh, some of the editions of the game when I was signing. Them. I would write that in the game oh, for wonder, some people. I wonder if you signed my book like that. I might have. So I just thought it'd be. I just thought it was funny. I thought it was amazing. Yeah. And then when I realized it was, it was you know, it had to do with your book. When it was, it, I was, I was like, oh, I'm so, I'm so proud to know him. <laughs> right. Those are amazing because right. like you know, those sort of popped up on Instagram and uh, you know, it was all the rage for 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 a hot <laughs> That's moment. That's awesome. Um, because a lot of my. Uh, I, and I think I always wanted to do one of those billboards that was like, because you know, you what drive, is that? And, yeah, and like, I, like my publisher was saying, no, you got to put your website at the bottom of the billboard. Oh, I'm like, that's no, embarrassing. Put, <laughs> we get so marketed to. It's nice to have a billboard that looks like it has nothing to do with marketing. Exactly, it was the coolest thing. It makes you more interested. Yeah, exactly. uh, it was a super badass. And uh, I feel like a lot of my listeners are like, you know, uh, and people who read my website are like teenagers, early twenties, whatever. Um, have you ever been? On and they're all on Tinder and whatever they're all you know direct messaging and flirting on Instagram. Do you have you ever been on Tinder? Yeah. Were you ever on? You were on Tinder. Oh, no, I, Tinder was like after my time, but I, I write. I help all my friends with their messages. But I want to know, like, like because that's what I struggle with right now. I'm single. I date, and I'm at this point where, and I talk about this with my girlfriends and like just like younger girls. It's we've all accepted that men watch porn. You have to. You got to be cool. I, right. I, you know, my ego, which is, I, I think. Uh, not talked about that enough about how like all this wanting to control and all this shit is just like, stems from ego. But like, so I wouldn't want, I don't want a guy to look at porn, but fuck that. I'm out of my goddamn mind. I got to accept that. Women right. have to accept that. But now with dating apps and Instagram and all this kind of like all these things uh, where people can connect and all this, there's all this frenetic energy. I think it's even scarier now because porn, you know, you jerk off to porn, whatever it's, it's, it's what it is. Right. You're not, you're not going to meet them. You can't direct message them. So how do you feel about all this? Because I am on 
yeah, I, I mean, I've, this is a larger question. I'm going to go on for a moment. Have you heard of this thing called Raya? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm on Raya. I've never uh-huh. been on Tinder because I, uh, you know, and, and so if I've got standards. Those, oh, whatever. Yeah, standards for other monsters. But um, I'm not a monster. How dare you? <laughs> I'm talking to myself. Um, anyway, but yeah, I've never been on see, a that's, dating See, that's, app. Your dad's thing. You know, that's your dad's thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to myself as if my, oh, oh my God. Um, <laughs> it may take a one minute break and I'll cough it out. Should we do that? Let's do that. Your great that's great. No, that's great. Hold on. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Hold my hand. Just kidding. <laughs> <coughs> oh, man. All right. That, what, I think that was the last cough. I don't know what the hell's going on. I don't know. Okay. I just I don't had want... this coughing attack. It must be the want... sexual tension. Okay. Oh, God. Would we go on a date if, if you were single and I was single? I mean, I am single. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we're too neurotic. We're both too self-aware. And we both deal with the same stuff. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think... Uh, you know, if, it, if anything... It could be electric. Wait, you're trying to get me to imagine it. Wait, no. I am not. I am not. Why? Does that count as cheating? Imagining counts as cheating? <laughs> no, no, no. Imagining like, just is like something we would do in like the game to be like, what would it be like? And then they imagine it. And of course, the pathways are Stop similar. it. You're exhausting too. Right. Don't stop lumping that shit on okay, me. Okay, so you were um, saying you're on Raya. But what would our date be like? What would our date be like? Would it, our heads just explode? When we, we met on Raya? We, no, yeah, if we right. met on Raya, we just punch each other in the face and be like, shut up. No, it would be like like a X file, one of those like X files moonlighting relationships. Like we would just be friends, but everyone would feel like the chemistry we and they really be belong together. together. <laughs> and then after like five we seasons, we would hook up and then the show would go down the tubes and be canceled. Is that because we are having a baby in real life? The show has to get canceled because we're moving forward? Um, no, because then it gets no, because they lost the, the tension and then it becomes the drama of the relationship and it's not as fun as it was when the tension was there. Are we having fun? Because I'm exhausted. <laughs> you're loving it. Okay. okay. But go ahead. So you're on Raya. So I'm on Raya. And, uh, and for those of you listening, I feel who like don't I know could what... not be here and you would exhaust yourself. Just. Can you stop flirting with me, please? I can't take it. It's awesome. See, it's so good. You really, you should do, you want to do workshops? You can train, seriously, you want to train we... guys? Yeah, I'd love to. If you can just explain what you do, this is all, honestly, all guys need to do is exactly what you're doing. I would love to do like, that. Like, this is exactly what they do. It's like they just reframe. It's because like, flirting is reframing, right? The idea of a frame is like there's a context for this. We're doing a podcast. Yeah. And you keep reframing into these romantic things, which is Because it's that's funny. Because it's funny. It's funny. And that's what flirting is. Flirting is yes. reframing. Flirting is the best thing in the entire world. I right. try to tell this to girls, but girls are like, ah. I'm like, girls, you don't understand the power you have. A guy wants to put his privates in your privates. You could walk up to a guy at, at Target in aisle four and like go like, hey, do you want to make out or whatever? And, and he'd probably be like... Yes, I right. do. I would love to make out, right. but girls... Then you could go, haha, just kidding. They're like, wait, wait, what, what? Now I'm all confused and obsessed with you. Right. Yeah, I like that. Like a little... I think that's... You have like a nice thing of like, give, take, give, take. I do? Push, pull. Push, pull. That's it. Like, that's the nicest that thing you've ever attraction. said to me today. I appreciate that. Um, so... Look at me gripping so, my... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway... Your body language says differently. Okay. Raya. What's Raya? You know what Raya is, but for those of you listening who don't, Raya is uh, has been referred to as Illuminati Tinder. It's like an elitist Tinder of uh, successful creative. Uh, basically, it's like hot girls. My, my, and creative my, my people. friends on it say all the guys are like are like douchebag DJs on a yacht, DJs or and billionaires, surfers. surfers. But there are a lot. They're like uh, you know, like pro athletes, tons of famous people, whatever. And uh, and then like hot babes, and and then me, the quirky, cool, creative girl who like knows the people who created the app. So, uh, but. So all these things exist and it makes me I've never not I've never checked a guy's phone. I've never mm-hmm. thought a guy was a cheater. I always choose nice guys and then I ruin it. I have, I have my patterns, whatever. Uh but uh now, I don't know if it's cuz I'm older, but this is the first time we've had all this technology. It's like we're dealing with all these new things. Direct messaging, Tinder, Raya, all this shit 
so many ways for people to flirt and uh, I get jealous and I'm terrified and I feel like, well, I don't want to trust anybody. Why? I don't even want to open my heart anymore because it's too scary and it's just easier to be alone. Like that's that's kind of where I'm getting to. I mean, listen, the great thing about this stuff is now like it wasn't like a, it wasn't like um, there weren't opportunities before for people to do it, whether it's they have a, like a per, you know, a, account on like whatever the personals, what match.com. This is different. Or before that, they could have been meeting people at work. Like the thing is either is people different. are honest, other people are honest and have integrity or they don't, aren't honest and don't have integrity. Okay. And that's always been true. The only difference now is like there's a technological slime trail that you can follow. And there's more temptation. There's a slime trail. And there's more temptation. It's and there's easier. more temptation. So. But, but the, all, the, I mean, the flip side is there is more temptation, but it's also easier to get caught. Oh, right. So but it's I'm like, not looking. I don't want to be looking for it. Right. We don't have to be looking for it. To, I, I to think catch it's like somebody. honestly, like trust is a two way street. So someone has to not be honest, but you have to trust them. You could be dating the most honest person with the most integrity, but if you don't trust them, the relationship won't work anyway. So I just believe, <sighs> like, I give somebody full trust until they break. I won't accuse. I won't be, even be suspicious. Yeah. But I'll give it. And also, it's also a better strategy because if you don't trust them, they're more likely to want to yeah. act out and want to do something. My hairdresser gave me some good advice. In fact, it makes him insecure. <laughs> Why aren't you jealous? Well, yeah, I had an ex-boyfriend, a musician guy, who I don't date musicians anymore, but uh, your body language is similar to mine. We're we're both like totally closed off. Like Neil and I are just like sitting across from each other, (laughs) cross-armed. Anyway, uh, yeah, my my hairdresser recently told me that I live my life like like this, and I need to live my life like this, because I'm trying too hard to control. Right, so the first one was your hands clenched, and the next one was... Oh, yeah, sorry, we're doing uh, an audio. (laughs) I'm doing, I'm pumping you out here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's why you're here you're my third guest the first male guest very exciting I don't know what it has to do with anything but yes so you feel like, like this This would be is that by that by this with your hands clenched I'm trying to like control fear, I have control. fear I'm trying to control right. things I assume all men hate women even if they're very nice to me and not displaying mm-hmm. any of those things um, but yeah anyway just in the times we live in this is the first time we have so much temptation it, it is scary to, to just the idea that you, you you know you just have to make this leap of faith to trust somebody and which makes me want to ask you about Ingrid. Who is this woman who just went on this journey right. with you? Like, uh, the truth is, like a lot of Tinder is like window shopping. You know, Tinder is window shopping. <laughs> like some people just want it, like they just do it, but they're not going to ever. In a way, it's kind of like porn. You might not meet the person. You're just going through and you're getting liked yeah. and you're having these little kind of flirtations and things. But I think it's part of a relationship now, where you know, a friend of mine just got a relationship and sent me his uh, screenshot of him deleting Tinder from his phone. Oh, that's great. So I think it's just part of the ritual. Hey, are we serious? Are we going to stop seeing other people? Are we deleting Tinder? What's going on? Yeah. So now with all this technology and all this temptation, now. We have to learn how to be comfortable mm-hmm. communicating or single people or people who are dating have to learn how to communicate about, you know, taking a relationship to another level where it's like, yeah, are we deleting our Tinder? It's just such a weird time and it's so embarrassing to have to be like, oh, now we have to talk about this, this new thing. And like, um, but yeah, I want to ask you about Ingrid. Am I allowed to? Yeah, yeah too. But it is true. Like you got, I you definitely don't want think, to. No, no, I'm happy to talk about it. <laughs> I was thinking too, like part of my thing when I was like ready back for a relationship is I got off social media. Like I just, that's what I want to know about. Yeah, So I got off social media. Like I just sort of didn't look at anything. I had someone else look at it because again, it's hard. Like if a Thank beautiful you. person adds you or messages you, like you are tempted. And the difference is like, what if it happens at a weak point in the relationship? Thank so you might, you. you might have deleted Tinder, but you might still be on Facebook, or Instagram, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat or something. And then someone attractive adds you and gives you like a little, you know, gives you a couple <laughs> likes and then that nice little comment and, you start then you look at their photos and your mind starts to go places and Thank it's you. at a weak point and maybe you sort of like maybe you sort of like and then you're in a relationship maybe you like sort of like add them and you like them but it's okay you're in a relationship there's nothing wrong with adding someone and liking a photo in a relationship and then it's a slippery slope that's okay so I was just this is exactly what I want to be talking about finally I'm getting to like a real place uh, uh, finally like, oh whatever listen baby and I'm you're, walking you're, you're the, I'm gonna come, wow for the one who's so sensitive me. Wow. 
Okay, what? go ahead. Oh, God. Anyway, all right. I don't even know what's happening. So I just got out of a relationship. Right. And it's so wonderful to talk to you about this because I don't know what the, all the terms. And what oh, the a real place being that now we can talk about my dating life. No, I'm just saying where it's like something that's, I'm, no, please (laughs) just be nice. Uh, Okay. I I have nothing but love for you. I'm just saying like, uh, this is like rooted to like something I'm just going through this week. That's like very like, uh, you know, I'm weeping while I read your book and then also going, what does it all mean? I want to fall in love, but it's so hard. And these are the things that, that are coming up for me. Um, I didn't mean to. I don't check men's phone. I'm not that kind of a jealous nutcase. But you happen to see. But I happen to see. I open up my Instagram, and I know you have an Instagram account. You can relate right. to this. We all do. Uh, and I, it opened up to the side of what my friends are up to. Do you mm-hmm. know what, you know what yeah. I'm talking about? So you can see who your friend's liking, who they become friends with, if they've commented. Right. That just pops up, I swear to fucking God. And I see that the guy that I'm dating, who I've been dating for about three months, uh, we just recently ended it. I ended it. Uh, <laughs> surprise, uh, surprise. All right. Oh, stop. Don't you do <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, sexual tension, cut it with a knife. Okay, anyway. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, Neil is now picking at his face and uh, he's just hung himself. Okay, sorry. We're back. So anyway, so I noticed that the guy that I was dating had liked like the most skanky, just uh, s- provocative photos, like a girl with her hand on her pants, her pussies out, whatever, right. her boobs, or, it's all this shit. And by the way, is he one of like 50 or one of like, you know, 5,000 people liking this photo? Um, different, because I checked out all the photos, because I was right. like, then I got in a weird K-hole, wormhole, checking this out. Right. Some were like girls who only were getting like 97 likes, okay. you know? So he's one of them. That got means it. that like will be seen by her. <laughs> no, yeah, that's always asking. That will be noticed, right. and I know. Like, that's what I'm saying. This new technology, there's new behavior, this new kind of like etiquette, this social etiquette. The 5,000 likes with the super uh, sexy girl photos, uh, I thought, okay, maybe she won't notice, but either way... The need to like a photo. Why can't he just look? I don't want to know if he's watching porn. That's his business. If he's looking at the thing, a uh, girl's photos on Instagram. What, what if he like likes the porn video? But you can't. <laughs> That's the thing. He can enjoy it. He can phys- He can uh, jerk off to it. Like, come. I, think, I think you'd like them. He can like them in what sense? You can Letting like, them know? Like a, like a YouTube thumbs up kind of thing. Okay, but those are the distributors of the thing. There's a right, bunch right, of ugly right. dudes uh, in right. the valley who are like, oh, he, oh, he, oh, Alan likes the thing. <laughs> That's so great. Oh, Alan likes the thing. Okay, so, so yeah. anyway, so, 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 anyway so he's but on doing Instagram, stuff so I noticed this thing, and that just got me and uh, just, it took me to a whole new level of like, oh, this is something I'm aware of now in this point of, of my dating career. You know, it irritated me because I thought, I wish I never saw this. I'm not the kind of girl who goes through a guy's stuff and reads his emails and checks his texts. I never want to be that girl. That's not cool. I need all my space too. I get that. But now I've seen this. I can't unsee it. Why did Instagram even come up with this feature just to fuck with us? And why did he feel the need to like it? So part of me had to go, well, we're all just like liking stuff real fast. It's fast. It's, we're living in a generation. It's like it's generation like. I wonder, I wonder if it was a star instead of like Twitter used to be. If it was a star instead of a heart, it would, it would like be a less, less. It would mean less. <laughs> no, it would mean the same thing. No, I get it. I get it. So, <laughs> yeah, so, so my so question is, here's my question yeah. for you. And I'm going to cough again. Oh, you disgusting monster. <laughs> get out. <laughs> I, don't know what, I don't know why it's happening in this room. Do you want this? They're too baffling. What is that? Listerine mint spray? I don't know what the fuck. It's it's right there. It's 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 like it's just breath mint stuff. I don't know. I don't trust this. I know. Oh my god! Oh, see, I just want you to trust me. You are you are safe with me. Okay. You are safe with me. Um. So. Uh, I just want to feel safe with you. Um. Oh. Um. So. 
Is that, did you discuss this with him? That's my question. No, because I felt like a psycho monster and I thought I have to talk to Neil Strauss first because you have done it all. Well, he already, already broke up, so. Well, whatever. I actually did tell him this over dinner and I went mm-hmm. and I could tell what I notice is when I talk about a lot of stuff and my feelings with men, because mm-hmm. I actually do try to talk less when I'm dating someone because I don't want them to have a constant heart off, you know? Right. I mean, I want them to be attracted to me and not be exhausted by me, but this is a podcast and we're chatting. So I have I notice that when I tell men how I feel, it takes about a day or two for it to really sink in and then they come back to me with their feelings. So in the moment, he's getting all this information given to him. Oh, Alexi's not quite happy. It irritated her when I liked all those girls' sexy photos. And I think now he's not okay with that. He's like annoyed that I'm a nut, that that's none of my business. And I, you know, he can do whatever he wants, which is true. But you tell me what you think. You write about this stuff. You have explored so many of like. So, yeah, I think, I think my answer is like, there's a, there's a bigger gray area now, right? There's a bigger gray area where before it's like, okay, you went on a date with that person and you made out with him. That's wrong. I'm coughing again. <clears throat> we should just do this on another day, man. I don't know oh. if that's wrong. No, no, we'll do it. Let's is do it, it because you, because of the, just the coughing? Um, I don't know why I keep coughing. Yeah. Well, I think it's going great. It gives people time to kind of download these amazing ideas. It just makes you real make and vulnerable time. and relatable. <clears throat> I'm gonna be coughing in the street, and someone's gonna be like, "I know you from Alexi's." Hey, podcast. wait a minute, were you? <laughs> <laughs> I recognize that cough. Did you write the game I and the that truth? In my car for freaking an hour. <laughs> um, so, uh, so, so the deal is this. It's also a measure of how, like, the answer is you have no idea what it means. You don't know what it means. Like, you don't know. Someone just, all you know is that he liked or followed people who are putting up, like, skanky photos. Right? You don't know what it means. It really, it, so it could be that that's what he's always been doing and he had trouble breaking that habit. It could be that he's doing it because he wants to get their attention and, and he's, like, being shady on the side. Uh, it could be because, like, maybe that's empowering. He feels disempowered by the relationship and feels like that's, empowering or, or just life <laughs> right so so that so real answer is like you have to have a discussion but i wouldn't be like oh i saw that i was irritated i was annoyed yeah. <clears throat> because right away they're gonna get defensive or shut down mm-hmm. you can say is hey you know i was on my instagram again like this presumes that you're dating mature people who can have a conversation if you're not dating mature people who can have a conversation maybe you shouldn't be dating them seriously anyway so let's assume that we're choosing people who can actually talk about things like even if it's two days later, but they can talk about it uh, versus like nothing. I'm fine. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so, so I'd really just say without judging, just say, Hey, I noticed this. I noticed you were liking that. Uh, and I just was like, uh, and I was surprised. And then you would just you do your whole spiel. We're like in this new age. I'm dating this thing now. So yeah. for you, like be frank, like what, what does that, what does that mean? And if they don't feel judged, someone will be more likely to tell you what's going on. And then you can step away and know, but here's the real thing. Like, Data doesn't help. I mean, it doesn't. Data doesn't help you make any decision. You really have to trust your intuition. So if someone says, "Hey, my boyfriend or the guy I'm dating, uh, or, or the woman I'm dating did this, this, and that," and they give me a whole list, that my answer, my response is always the same: was like, forget about all that stuff. How do you feel in your gut? In your gut, do you feel like this person's legit or shady? Yeah. And your gut always knows, you know? Yeah, I think it's probably me was wanting to get out of something and using that as an excuse. Yeah, people are great yeah. at that. I'm, <laughs> I'm be a like, master. I love, like, I have all these friends who are who are similarly enmeshed. And they'll be like, well, I'm dating this person, but, you know, we're, we just can't have, like, a, you know, we're just not aligned. Like, I like these movies and, and she likes those movies. It's I'm like, like, who cares? Who the fuck cares? You just make an excuse so you can break up and then go date someone and fall in love all over again, and then two years later have this exact same conversation that you had with me. Like, after the third conversation, I'm like, do you get that this is just your pattern? You're finding some reason to be out of the relationship. Like, they're total, and they're like, 
oh, and there there is like the all he cares about is business. I'm like, wait, you like this guy because of his success. Now you now it's an impediment. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so, yeah, I, I know. And I, I hear that I go to therapy, just like we're talking about it, an awareness doesn't necessarily cure you where, you know, my therapist goes, well, listen, this person, use this person you're dating as a tool to 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 grow and to change. And, and then, you know, if it doesn't work out, at least you will have learned. But it's, yeah, I just, I'm always looking to get out. It's a, it's a difficult thing. Why do you... I think it's, I think you have to do the work on yourself and in the, the relationship. Work. So I would say like... There, I mean, there's so many awesome things you can do. Like, if, I haven't done this, but people say the Vipassana What's that? meditation. It's like a 10-day – this would be great for you. Let's oh, really? Let's do it together. We'll do it together. Okay. And we, we can't talk to each other, so it's a 10-day silent retreat. So it's 10 days of silence. You can't even make eye contact with other people. Okay. Not even you? Not even me. Nobody. Okay. So it's just 10 days of total silence. And it's supposed to like – you do a lot of work on yourself in that context. <clears throat> so people have had huge breakthroughs, and they're totally free. They're totally free? Totally free. Where are these things? Uh, all over, everywhere. They're California, every state, every country. Um, okay, I can do this. Be quiet, no eye contact. It'd be great for you. All right. And me. Why, why do you think it'd be great for both of us? <clears throat> because we, we rely on language to connect. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's interesting, and I love that, and I'm putting a pin in that, as they say in showbiz, and I will... And you, med- will... you meditate a lot. You can't even oh, take I... notes. You can't even take notes. You can't even take... Oh, meditating is good. That is... For a brain like mine, I don't want to speak for you, but for a brain like ours, uh, <laughs> I think meditating is, has changed my life. You know, it's like calm, yeah. you know, and so this, also, yeah. So the on. 10 day things is, and again, I haven't taken it, but I see people, they come back, they're glowing. They've like kind of worked out. Cause again, the work to be done is on inside. It's not intellectual. So a lot of that work kind of gets done, but there's some other options, but I would do Vipassana, which is free. Um, there's a place I haven't, uh, the Hoffman process is like. This shit's like $5,000, but... It is? It is, but people say it's amazing. I haven't done it, but yeah. it's another five-day, really intense process. Uh, there's a place called The Refuge that does trauma healing that's uh, cheaper and, and great, but there are a bunch of places, but I think if you really want to change, you got to go to like a two- to five-day intensive, experiential, like crying, like opening up your wounds and seeing what's going on because the thing is we're like too close to ourselves to get out of our own way to get out of our own way and it doesn't always even manifest in like love or sex or makeouts or or flirting and all this stuff for me it's like i go well i gotta work i'm gonna gonna throw myself into work and i'm gonna like get out of this thing and or uh, yeah or i obsess about anyway i don't even know where i'm going with this and and then and then maybe over the course of these uh you know you you grow so close to people who are going through their own journey on these on these kind of week long or three day things, mm-hmm. not vipassana because you're not talking, uh, but in these other ones, and then you decide to stay in contact. Let's talk every week. You said that you were going to do this, this, and that. Every week, let's sort of you know correct you and and help you see what's going on there. Yeah, I think I'm so confused now and overwhelmed. <laughs> I don't even know. I thought I knew what my problems were, and now I'm just completely Listen, confused. All, all the problems they're they're usually really simple. Like yeah. I think I think again, there's like a few base things that happen growing up. That now have flowered into these many symptomed yeah. uh, behaviors. So for you, like, let's go back to what you're saying earlier. Uh, enmeshed with your dad. Enmeshed with my dad. A belief so, system about women. And right. Yeah. What, what else? What else besides that, though? What else besides so that? Your you dad's, know, dad's dad's dad. So dad's here's the thing about yeah. enmeshment for people listening. Yeah. The thing about enmeshment is so abandonment is disempowering. You can recognize it. It's like I don't feel like enough. I don't feel worthy. People with those beliefs often were abandoned as children. And by the way, abandoned doesn't mean mom or dad wasn't there. They can be present and just emotionally dista- detached or yeah. just not taking care of your needs. Now the thing about enmeshment is it's falsely empowering. So you feel like. 
oh, I'm daddy's special little friend. I'm mommy's little man, you know? Yeah. So it feels good at the time. So it's even harder to realize how toxic it is for your life and your relationships. And then you also talk about there's a part in the book, oh God, well, there's a chart. And I'm looking at this chart and I made a mark and I, I, made, I don't even know if I can find it. But uh, where, where we talk about if I'm a wounded, you talk about if somebody's a wounded child where you can identify if you're a wounded oh, child. I love that. I love that. I use that all the time. Yeah. And, I'm, and I go back to this. Uh, you can examine this chart if, and see if you're a wounded child, which means you're uh, uh, if you're emotionally uh, zero to five years old, or if you're an adapted adolescent, uh, which is like you know you're emotionally stunted between uh, like a six to eighteen year old. I vacillate. I'm not sure. I'm yeah. completely confused. Uh, I think I'm probably a wounded child, actually. I put people on pedestals and I feel a little, yeah, little yeah, abandoned. Yeah, for sure, 100%. And then they'll fall off the pedestal and then I'm like, fuck this guy. I was fine all along. Like, I, you know, I, I have Here's the deal. Matter. If you feel less than others, yeah, then you're constantly. the wounded child because the child's so vulnerable. An adapted adolescent is always like the adolescent's like, I'm better than everyone else. Fuck them. So you feel better than others. That's adapted Which one are you? Uh, I probably like if I was to have a base one, it's probably wounded child. Wounded child. But and by the way, here's the other reason we wouldn't date and wouldn't get along is because <laughs> is because it tends to be like love avoidance. Like if I was abandoned, then we'd have more ke- we'd have more chemistry. I keep meet, dating men who never met their fathers. Oh no, but they're about then, the moms. It's the moms. But then they're in their enmeshed and an enmeshed relationship with their mother. Usually, because... you meet people who maybe had more like distant. Or like disconnected moms. Weird, because this last person I was dating, his mother was all like, so I can see. Oh, up in his business. Yeah, so I can see when I come on too strong with those guys. You they, know how you're supposed to meet in the middle. It's like, uh, but I can tell I come on more strong and I'm like, love me, love me, love me. Don't don't avoid my texts, my phone calls. Right. That's when they glaze over and I can see it in their eyes and I go, oh, God. It's I've, like too much. I've lost them because right. they're in mesh relationships. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm com- completely confused. But uh, anyway, holy shit. So, oh, so, but, but so, so, uh, so with dad. Um, and then we'll wrap this up. Hey, we're just having a conversation. Um, so with that, right. um, we're so not wrapping that, it up yet. We'll wrap it up okay. when I wrap it up. Okay, go on. What time is it for real? Oh Jesus! Uh, what time do you have to get out of here? Uh, it's one twenty-seven. Oh, oh three, yeah, I gotta get out of here. In three okay, minutes. cool. Okay, cool. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, oh man, yeah. So with that, um, uh, oh, so yeah, so so your dad's. What else besides the sex? The so would he like? There are all these other things I want to talk about. Tell, tell me, I want to know more about the dad stuff. Aside, you keep talking about the woman stuff. What's the other stuff? Uh, I don't know. You're supposed to change me. My father breaking down in tears. You're here to help me. You're supposed to make me better. Oh, there we go. Better. That's like mass. That's like the definition of enmeshment. So yeah. I have that relationship with my father. So he so said, like, you need to make me better. You need to make me better right. in those exact words. Wow. It's your job to make me better. It's your job to make me better. Holy shit! How old were you? Uh, probably like I don't know, six, seven. No way. Yeah, I found like whips and black dildos and and my dad's drawers. So many similarities in her stuff. Women would come over to the house. He'd take nude photos of them, and I'd be like, "Daddy, why didn't you bring me something from trashy lingerie?" And he'd be like, "It's not for you." And I'd be like, "Well, over here." Like, anyway. Do you know? Did you know his mom? His mom, uh. Did similar things that your mom did where right. uh, he won the car to go on a date and be with the girls. And she uh, she was like, no, you're not going to do that. Totally pussy whipped. Sorry, lack right. of a politically correct term. Pussy whipped uh, the fa- uh, my father's father. Right. So she was um, over controlling too. So it's like you see how it passes on. Like yes. he was enmeshed and then he's enmeshing you. Yes. And so if you don't stop, you know, if you ever <laughs> – you'll get you'll enmesh your kids if you ever – Heal yourself. I will do the yeah. work. I will heal myself. The things that I did want to touch on, I know you have to leave but you in see, two minutes. I can, but yeah, right. Because if you don't, you would say, "Oh, I would never do that." Then you get, then it's hard. You we think we would never do it logically, but you might think, "Oh, I got these problems. I got no one to talk to." And then you start talking to your kid because they understand you, and they're which they're, is probably the only reason I want to have a kid out of ego to make a little me, so I can be like us against the world, kid. Which is totally like your dad shit. Which I don't want to do. Right. And I'm going to go do this retreat, and I'm going to learn about it. Yeah. But just to touch back, and we'll and we'll wrap it up and everything. But uh, I did want to ask. So, but you are. 
you limit social media because you know that it's it's like a trigger thing. I'm, I'm good right? now. You're now good I'm, now. I'm good. But I had now to go good. through like as I was kind of working on myself and before I felt like I was in a confident place. Yeah. Uh, then for sure. Now uh, I know I'm good because I did the book tour and like there was a lot of temptation, hardcore temptation. They probably people love you more now because they're like, oh, he's healed. I love him. <laughs> what, a, what a cozy, sweet dude. Um, so tell everybody who's on, who's on with Ryan. The t- so, so you just have to trust your intuition. You make a choice to trust people. And you trust them or you don't trust them. And even though we have Instagram and all this shit and direct messaging and it's so frenetic. But, but that deeper that deeper place, like not that like the head, which is like you just have to like really go deep down and say, do I trust this person or not? And listen to your gut before your head says starts chattering. Um, and now you're back with Ingrid. It seems like you really didn't want to talk about it. You wanted to protect Oh, no, no, from... happy to do it. I can talk about anything. Oh, my God. I feel like we have to do this a whole other time. There's okay. like coughing and all this stuff. But it's uh, how did you, uh, who is this woman? How did she forgive you? How did she just um, come full circle? I mean, obviously she had her own problems. So, yeah. so uh, and she came from the abandonment side. Yeah. Uh, and I think even when we broke up, I think she knew that I would be back. She somehow knew in her intuition, she knew like I was, she just knew I'd be back. Well, that's what Esther Perel says. If you give somebody space, then they feel like they can go do their stuff. You, you, yeah, you flew back into the cage, right? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess that's one way of looking at it. I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, but I think uh, maybe we both flew out of the cage and we're flying around uh, in the sky together. I don't know. But I don't see it as a cage. It's funny. It's really like what I really learned is like relationships, is all, it's all about the way you see it. It has nothing to do with the other person and everybody's out there trying to find you know, I got to just find the right person. If I find the right person, everything's going to be okay. Your relationship has nothing to do with finding the right person. It's about becoming the right person. Yeah. So if I really didn't change, I would just still be on here either really swept up and excited about my next relationship or talking about why it went wrong. Yeah. And I would just keep repeating the same pattern. So you have to change if you want your relationships to change. Why is being in a relationship better than just going, fuck it, I don't want to do the internal work? Why is it better to be in the relationship than be single and focus on work and just be selfish? Right. Cool. The question is, are you making your choices or your choices being made for you? Okay. You know, who's driving the car? Is like your trauma and your fears and your, you know, backstory and your parental upbringing uh, driving the car or are you really making a choice? I'm going to take us to this question because I want to know what's next for you. What's your next book? And this is a three, 10 part question and then you're out of here. Everybody kept talking about there being a movie made out of the game. Uh, is that ever happening or no? Um, the movie, like, uh, it's it's just had a long journey and it's in like development and it'll happen. It'll happen one day. But it's been like, it's a the movie like T. B. Weiss did Game of Thrones, wrote the script, and like it's just incredible. And one day it'll happen. I'm more excited about seeing a movie made out of the truth. Will yeah. that ever happen? There have been you... like a bunch of offers, so we're sitting on them and waiting to see which one we're gonna take. Hopefully. And then what's the next book about? Uh, the next book, I think it's going to, I mean, I know what it's going to be about is uh, like the stuff that I'm excited about that I've learned, stuff like a lot about communication, a lot about memory and communication, really about communication. I feel like we don't like listen, speak well, all our other baggage gets into it. So like someone might just kind of like with the Instagram thing that happened with you, it's like, well, he did this. Thus it means that I can't trust him in a relationship and he's being shady. Who, you don't know. And, and how do you talk about it? And, and so I really want to do like just maybe a small, really, really helpful book uh, and also super counterintuitive about communication. Okay. Last question. How do you maintain uh, this, your relationship? How do you move forward? You're healthy. You're at a good place. I, I, I watched Esther Perel's TED talk about uh, maintaining desire <laughs> right. in a long-term relationship, and which is probably why I date a lot of musicians, because they're always gone, and then I desire them because like people like them, and I, I don't know. And then it makes me feel cool that they chose me, and whatever. We have our separate lives, and we come together. 
That's another story. Or maybe just do it because they're not around a lot so you don't feel overwhelmed. Maybe so. Maybe so. How dare you? <laughs> uh, but so how to you, where do you, uh, how do you move forward and how do you maintain this nice pocket of happiness you're in currently? Yeah. I mean, I th- actually, I think it really comes down to like, I think it comes down to uh, two things. One is like communicate. It really is that communication. Like it's easy to like start building up a resentment and or a thought and not talking about it with the other person. But if you can just be comfortable enough to share your reality with the other person and know you're not going to be judged and they can share their reality and be sort of accepted. Uh, that's one thing. So like the longer you don't communicate, there are people in what they call parallel relationships. It's like two people in relationships, but living different realities under the same roof. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's hot relationships where you're just always fighting. And then there's like maybe, I don't, for lack of a better word, like a conscious relationship, right? So one is communicating and two is just owning our shit. Like I just own my stuff and whatever she does, I'm not going to try to change her. I might discuss it, my feelings about it. You know, you can discuss your feelings or how things make you feel, but uh, just owning your side of it and not trying to like change, blame, control the other person. So if we, uh, so the success to me is not about never being in conflict. It's about how quickly you recover if there is conflict. How do you work and have a relationship? You and, write and so, a baby and a baby. How do yeah. you? But even before, you ha- how do you even get to having a baby? How do you balance finding the time to have all this? You know, you need to be by yourself when you're writing. Right. How do you balance the two? Well, I mean, I think if you're raised healthily. You can set healthy boundaries without guilt. But you weren't. There. But I wasn't before, but now I am. Okay. Right before I'd be like, oh, you're getting in the way of my work, right? And then, or my work, you're getting in the way of my relationship. That's what I do, yeah. Uh, but now what you can really do is just say, hey, this is the time when I'm working and I'm not available and this is an emergency in those times. And this is the time when I'm 100% here for you. And that's communicating. Communication. And, communicating. And, 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 and <laughs> setting healthy boundaries and also doing them without guilt. I think for enmeshed people, there's like a lot of guilt. Yeah. All right. Well, we barely said anything. We said some stuff. And you fi- you're finally done coughing. It's a miracle. Yeah, I know. It's right when you're, over. Yeah, I think you're allergic to, to being on the show. Yes, I'm allergic to, uh, to our hot animal attraction. To our hot... I mean, I don't know about that. What's up with this monogamish movie we're both in, this documentary? Oh, I, you know, I did an interview for that like Me a couple too. years ago. Yeah. What's up with that? I don't know. Me neither. It's going to be on, I guess. Stay tuned. Okay. okay. That's, but that's a great place to end. That's, oh, that's really useful. Oh, my God. I mean... I think I got nothing. I think thank you for being on the show. Are you, are you just saying these things? So I'm going to come on next. Like, it's amazing to me. Isn't this amazing to you how she's like talks about how you're just doing this on purpose? I'm trying to what? understand. What so do you mean? You're, she's so sensitive about all the things I said on my show. And then I'm going to come back next week. Wait, you said I got nothing at the end of the show and I poured my heart out to you for how long? No, I said I got nothing else to ask you is what I mean. I mean, oh, I, got, got I got nothing charming oh, I just did to a you. like. Look, I just did a you. Oh, my God. I just See, did that's you. why I, I like you so much. I'm going to go back to. I was actually, when I was driving over here, I was crying because I felt like. So I just because I was so moved by your book, so and right. it meant a lot to me. So I think I was all friends. I felt like we avoided some of the deep stuff. I we felt like did. We jumped around a lot. Yeah, I know we did. I felt like we should have gone into the stuff that moved you and gotten rid of all that baggage, all the other stuff. Oh my we just god! Should have talked about the stuff that really like. Now moved you're telling you. me. Oh my god! Yeah. Well, you're only my podcast number three. <laughs> right. Well, on number three hundred, we'll come back and do it. Oh my god! Right. You should have gone like gone gone for the core. Maybe this is your relationship thing. Like you just gone for the core of like. What was it that touched you and moved you and then unpack that and really revealed yourself? I mean, where do we go from here? And good night. We'll see you guys next week. Oh, no. Now leaving Nerdist.com. 